Amen. Let's put our hands together for King Jesus. Good morning. You guys go ahead and grab a seat. Can we welcome those who are watching online? Let's give them a hand as well. All right, help me out. Give them a hand. Hello to those who are watching online. We're so excited about you being here. We've got a full house here today. Love that you are here. And we had a big week last week. And we're in this series called Are We There Yet? And I want to start out with this question. We're talking about our parenting. And we've been looking at this series. We'll be wrapping the series up next Sunday. But uh, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever just had reality just kind of just like smack you right in the face. Anybody experience that, right? Okay, in a number of different ways. And uh, man, this series has been a very emotional series for me, especially the times I'm preaching where my kids are actually in the series or in the service. They normally come to the third service. And so that's been kind of an emotional service for me as I've been talking about certain things because I've done probably four or five parenting series throughout my tenure here at EVC over the last 20 years, and I've been at a different stage of parenting every time. And we're hoping are kind of in this weird phase right now where our kids are a little bit older. They're not quite completely out. We're not empty nesters yet, but, but it's just like we're in this season of life where time, you ever feel this way, is just going at this pace that is just unbelievably fast where it's just going by so quickly. And uh, Hope and I celebrated 27 years of marriage a couple of weeks ago, which is awesome, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And uh, my son, Luke, he's our oldest. He just turned 23 right around a week before that. Right before that, okay, there's all these things that are happening. We went on a family vacation, which was a great vacation where the four of us were able to go. And, uh, and, and here's the deal. It was a great vacation, but my kids are older. And I started realizing while we were on vacation, as Luke is about to graduate from college this year uh, in December, his plans are to go off into the Air Force later on. And I don't know, this, this may have been like, I had this feeling like this might be the last time where our family's actually able to kind of go do this together. So then there was that, and I had that feeling there. And then, and then there was this, this whole thing that happened with my dad back in June where, where we nearly lost my dad and, 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 and through a health problem, and he's been very healthy. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we were just reminded of how precious life is. And every moment that we get with each other is a gift from God. Amen, right? Where, where that's what life is like. And then school started back this week. How many of you are just excited that school started back? Come on, give it up. Yeah, I talked to moms all week, and as many of them were giddy. I mean, they were just getting school starting back up. They were excited about this. And, like the, and how many of you guys, y'all take pictures of your kids the very first day? How many of you do that? Raise your hands. Kind of like this mom. She took a picture of little Lucy. Look how prim and proper. Isn't she adorable? All right. Here's the way Lucy looked by the end of the school day, whenever her mom picked her up. All right. How many of you feel like that at the end of a Monday? Okay. You feel like that. There you go. Prim and proper. That's the end. Her mom in the article, it was awesome. She's like, what did you do today? And she said, not much, you know? And it's like, that's kind of what life is like. We throw our kids out there and the world can kind of beat them up a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? Right? So what the way it hit me was uh, thus last Monday. Uh, and again, this series has just been hitting me like a ton of bricks. 
uh, because I, I was taking, uh, I took a picture of Trinity. I take the picture every year because Hope's a teacher and she's usually already gone. I said, Trinity, can I take your picture? Because uh, mom and I like to have that. And she's like, yeah, okay. She's a senior at Basel this year and, uh, and, and she's our baby. And, and she said, yeah, dad. And so here's the, she said, yeah, dad, that's the yeah, dad. Okay. But then I kept taking the pictures, all right? And I, I wouldn't let her leave. And next it was like, dad, all right? And then, and I kept taking pictures and then it, it became this, dad, all right? And then here was the last one, okay? Dad, okay? And, and so, yeah, because I, I kept taking pictures because something hit me that I realized. That's the last time I'm doing that. Luke won't let me do it before he goes off to college next week. <laughs> and I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop because this time thing, I can't seem to make it slow down. Are you with me? I can't make it stop. I can't control it. I, I realize how precious this time is. And, you know, and I love that football season is here. Uh, I love, how many of you are excited about that? I love it, okay. How many of you know what the two-minute warning is? Okay, that's at the end of the game, and you've got this two-minute warning. And, 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 and it always fascinates me how there could be a game that's going on, and nobody's scoring, and, and it could be maybe even a little bit of a boring game. And then it gets down to the end of the game, and all of a sudden, the two-minute warning happens. What's going on? Now they start scoring. Now they're moving the ball. It's like they couldn't move the ball. And, and, right, and now all of a sudden, they're putting the ball in the end zone. What is going on? There is this acute awareness that a clock is winding down, that you realize that the clock is moving and that you've got to do something with that time. You can't stop it now. I, I try to slow this clock down, right, in my family. I try to make it stop. I try to control it. And here's what I've realized. I can't do it as much as I like to think that I can. I cannot make this clock that is in my family. I can't make it stop. So here's your thought. I can't stop the clock, but there is something that I certainly can do. I wasn't even going to preach this message, but God put it on my heart. So the one I was going to preach for today, I, I punted the next week. Okay. So come back for that one. But here's the deal. I can do this. I can maximize every moment that I have with my kids. That is what you can do moms and dads. You can max it out and you can take advantage of the fact and realize that there is a clock that is going on because here's the thing that God is teaching me right now is that you are going to blink like I have where they were at this stage, okay? Whenever we took this vacation years ago and then I blinked and here we are and this was our last vacation and, and, and I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get Luke to get on Trinity's back on this one, all right? Uh, Trinity's actually looking down on Luke now. It's funny. And, uh, but you blink and it happens. You blink and the time goes by so quickly. I've actually had someone call me old recently, okay? I mean, I've been married for over a quarter of a century. I've been pastoring for nearly 30 years now. Uh, my kids are, are grown and, and, and you do start kind of feeling older, right? I know I'm not old yet. And some of you would say, you're not old yet, but you start realizing, have you noticed how time, whenever you're a kid, seems like it takes forever for Christmas to get here? And then whenever you're an adult, it's like, it's already here. And time, you can't, you can't stop it. We don't have this control over it. It's, it's constant, right? Well, well, here is the thing. From the, from the day that they are born, this clock begins. 
right? And, and the relationship also begins and the clock begins. The day that they are born, this is what I want you to understand today, is that you and I, as parents, if you are a parent, we are packing their bags the very moment that they come home. And it's not because we want to get them out of the house because again, my son's 23 and I know it's time for him to move on into the next stage of life and he's been commuting back and forth and he's not a kid that's lazy or anything, but here, and he's about to move into that stage of life, but I'm, I'm just trying to hang on to him right now with every moment that I can because I realize I don't know where he's going next. I don't know where he's going next. I don't know what he's going to be going through. I got to let him go, you know, and let Trinity go as she's wanting to go to A&M next year. Go ahead, Aggies. I know. All right. And I, I'm going to get used to that. All right. But, but here's the deal. You and I, we are packing their bags. And what I want you to know as moms and dads, we are packing their bags. You're packing their bags with something. There are things that you're putting in their bags from the day that they come home. You're putting certain things in your bag, in their bags, uh, and, and again, it's not that you're trying to move them out, some of you might be, but, but it's not that you're trying to, you just are putting things in their bags, getting them ready for what's next in their life. Now, my main text today is really very short. It's a short passage, and it's written by Moses, and it's found actually in Psalms chapter 90, verse 12, and Moses is an older man now, and he's looking back upon his life, and he's thinking about how God grew him in wisdom throughout the years. And one of the things that Moses says is this, and I want to invite you to read it with me out loud. Say it with me out loud, church. Help me out. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. What Moses is saying is, I want you to, to come to this reality. He's saying, God, teach me this. Impress this upon me. Even as an older adult, he's saying, I need you to teach this to me now so that I, I can have wisdom in my life. Wisdom with what? I think it's wisdom on how we, we use our time. And what we're doing with the time that God has gifted us with the people who are in our lives. He's saying, help me to come to this realization that life is short. Now, what's interesting, I don't have time today to go to take you to this, but Psalm 37, 4, David says, teach me or remind me to number my days because the days are short, right? Life is short. Uh, James would say this, and I do want to show you this passage. Look with me. So Moses says this. David says this. James says, look here in chapter 4. You who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. What he's saying is this, it's here a little while, then it's gone. James's point is that it's arrogant to presume upon time, to think that, that, that we know and we've got everything under control, that, that to presume upon time what James and Moses and, and, uh, and David, and if you were to see Paul in Ephesians would say, redeem the time because the days are evil. All of these great men and women of God who would speak up about this, they learned something about it. They're trying to communicate it to us. What they're saying is that time is precious. Don't waste it. You got to understand that these moments are precious. In fact, James would even say, verse 17, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And the way that I kind of 
that's been really speaking to me is to know that I have this limited amount of time, to know that I've only been given so much and to just waste time and to not be intentional with my time with those who are in my life, well then that, and not do something about it, well then that becomes sin, a sin of omission. Well, I want you all to know something today. I'm not just trying to get you emotional if you're a parent, all right? And I think it's okay if you get emotional in this series. I've been more emotional in this series than any other ones that I've done because of the season that I'm in. And some of you have been emotional and you've let me know that this has been a hard series for you, that, it, that it's been good, but it's been challenging for you. And I love that. But it's not just to get you emotional. I feel a responsibility, and this is what God is pressing upon me, and I hope you want a pastor that seeks to listen to God and communicate to you what he's pressing upon me to you is this, is God is trying to remind me of how brief life is and I better make the most of it that I better invest everything that I can, every moment that I can, make it meaningful. And, and because here is what I know, we as people, and I am one of the worst, we can grow so complacent with our time and we can get so bogged down in the day to day, wouldn't you agree, right? That we lose, we lose this big picture mentality. And the next thing you know, we have just been in this place where, where we're wasting time and we grow complacent as parents. We grow complacent. Listen, church, we grow complacent as churches. And it happens all of the time that we grow complacent and we can lose sight. And what Moses is trying to get our attention in and say, be wise about it. David does. Paul does. James is saying this. There's, here's what he's saying. Wake up. Wake up and do something with this time that God has given you. Don't let another day go by without recognizing that you must be intentional, right? And I've been thinking so much about some things lately as God has just driven these things home in my heart as a parent, because I'm a parent, and I'm a parent before I'm a pastor, okay? And here's the other thing, is God is also impressing upon me as a pastor, as I lead our church, it is a church that is filled with young people. It's a church that is in a community that is booming with, with young folks everywhere. And here is a point for you to write down. And this is our philosophy as a church. It's my personal philosophy. It's what we believe as a church. Even though we have a thriving children's ministry, we believe this. No one has the potential to impact kids like their parents do. We say this all the time. You're the primary disciplers. We're the ones that are supposed to partner with you and come along and reinforce what's already happening in your home. And if you don't know how to do that in your home, then that's our job is to come along and show you how to do that. That's why we have a parenting seminar about discipling your kids. It's coming up on the 14th of September. So I believe this, but here's the other thing that God's impressing upon my heart as I have a responsibility to lead our church into where God is taking us next. Here's what it is. A parent is not the only influence, the only influence that a kid needs. You say, what do you mean by that, Bart? Well, I started thinking back on my own life. And yes, my mom and dad. I was blessed to have a mom and dad that, that invested great amounts of time in me, that, that loved Jesus. Now, there was a period of time they didn't know Christ and they didn't even know how to communicate Jesus to me, okay? And, and, but here's the thing I started thinking about. As I was in a season of life, there was a period of time, although I loved my mom and dad, I wasn't always willing to listen to what they had to say at certain moments. Do you know what God did? God brought 
different other adults into my life that started speaking into my life. There was a man by the name of Alex Risky who was my first Sunday school teacher. And you know what he did? He planted a seed of Jesus in my life. I did not accept Christ at that time, but I first started hearing about Jesus. And do you know what Alex did? He showed up every single week and he cared about me and he would check in on me. And my mom and dad loved that he did this. He had an influence on my life, okay? And then there was a guy, as I got a little bit older, my freshman year, where I was really just trying to figure out who I was, there was a guy by the name of Bill Herford who was a youth worker in the church that we were going to, and he cared about me, and he, he, wanted, to, to, he wanted me to start living my faith out, and that was the time that I actually really gave my life to Jesus. So Bill Herford got to water that seed that was planted by Alex Risky. And then Bill went and he planted a church. Little did I know I would be a church planner someday. And, and, and Bill went and planted a church and then God brought a guy by the name of Kevin James that helped me begin to grow. It wasn't the comedian, okay? All right? But, but, but brought him into my life and he started also investing in me and, and challenging me to, and this is when God started calling me into ministry and he was cultivating that. And then God brought a football coach because I was playing football over at Basel and it was a football coach that loved Jesus and his name was Sean Millsap. And Sean saw something in me and he saw that I was wanting to grow. And, and I'm telling you, it's not that my mom and dad didn't want to help me do this, but I'm saying I don't know that they exactly knew how to do it at this point. So Sean started saying, hey, you want to go start grabbing breakfast with me? Uh, and, and we would meet before practice or whatever, and he would challenge me to memorize scripture verses and all this, and I, and, and, and I started growing. The, the point is that I'm trying to tell you is that God uses all of these different people in our lives. And I can see that now, and I didn't understand that at that point. God used my parents as the primary influencers, but God brought godly people around me to lead me to be what God is leading me to do today. As I was getting this series ready this summer, I felt like God was greatly burdening me about just communicating to you. This is why it is so important that we communicate to this community that we live in, that it is important to raise our kids in a community of faith. You need to hear this, moms and dads. I hope that you won't just come just when school starts back, but that you'll be consistent, that you'll bring your kids to student ministry, that you'll get them plugged in, that, you'll, that you will serve in certain ways. I want to see us thriving in this area within our church, right? And, and I, I started feeling this burden this summer as I was seeking the Lord for where are we going next as a church, and I started feeling this burden for all of the families that are in this community that many of them have no idea what's even in here. They don't know that this is packed full of, 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 of just ways to help us raise our kids. Many of them feel very alone. Many of them drive by our churches and they see our churches and they feel like it's irrelevant. And, and, and that's the perception, right? Because we know how impactful this is. I can't imagine trying to raise my kids without a community of believers who are around me, supporting me, and, and that community of faith, and without having God's word as a guide. And I started feeling like God was saying, Bart, somehow we as a church, you've got to lead this church to bridge whatever's going on, and we've got to get them here. Wouldn't you agree? Amen? They need us to love them. They need us to support them. Many of them feel so alone in their parenting. And they feel like they don't know what they're doing because we know we're not there yet. We're still growing. 
Let's get brutally honest, church. I felt like God was saying, Bart, that's why I put this church smack dab in the middle of one of the fastest growing areas in the nation. And you know it in the traffic, right? In the parking. You know it. It's why I put this church in right across the street from from a high school and 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 an elementary school. That's why I put this church in an area where the average age is getting younger around here because there's affordable housing and people are moving in from all over the all over the nation. And and that's why I put this church not by accident here. So so here's the deal. We got to decide as a church to get intentional. We have to decide that we are going to love young people and young families and children and teenagers and go after them with everything that we have, with our time, with our, with our effort, with our service. And let me say something, listen, and with our money, because it takes money to do things well. And, and, and I'm not trying to hit you up for money today. I'm just planting a seed because I believe in this vision and I will give to it just like I ask you to give to it. I believe that we have to go after this because here is the thing. You're the primary discipler, but God has put us in a community of faith. We need each other. We need each other. If you're a parent, as the primary discipler, we want to undergird what you're teaching your kids. We want to help you know how to teach your kids if you don't because the reality. I heard of a church that was doing this, okay? I used this a couple years ago. I just want to come back to it because some things have changed since the last time I used this. I heard of a church that they give a family that has a newborn, they give them a jar of marbles, precisely 936 marbles. And, and we may start doing this as a church. We've got to put this in the budget, okay? Because I don't know how much marbles are. All right? But here's the deal. They, they give them a, a jar of marbles and they say, I want you to take every time you come out of here or, or every week as, as your child is growing up, take a marble and I want you to take it and I want you to put it in another one. And it's a representation of one week that goes by. And I, that struck me few, a few years ago. I actually started doing that with Trinity. I didn't know about this whenever Luke was young. And Trinity was a freshman whenever I started this. This sits on my desk at home and it reminds me that every marble is a representation of a week that I have with her okay and they are there are 936 marbles that if this were filled up it would fill all the way up to this about a thousand marbles okay that's what you have and then um and then it dawned on me this week this is why i'm using this this is trinity's senior year that's what i have left reality will smack you in the face won't it and in fact One week has already passed, so there you go. It goes by fast. And we have to do something with this. Here's what you got to know, church. As we are raising our kids, we are losing our marbles. Wouldn't you agree, right? (laughs) We're losing our marbles. But here's the thing that, that something like this does. Here's what it does. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time that you have now. But we just get caught up in the day-to-day and we forget this. And the next thing you know, they're grown and we miss it. And it's like, don't miss this. God's saying to you right now, today, don't miss this. It's a reminder to me to be sure that I'm packing their bags with things that are going to last with things that matter. Because here's the deal, you're gonna blink, you're gonna wake up, they're gonna graduate from high school, they're gonna go off to college, or maybe they're gonna go off into the military, or maybe they're just gonna go off, okay? We don't know. 
But here's the thing, you're packing their bags with something. I heard a message by a guy named Reggie Joyner, and I want to give him full credit on, on God really used him to speak to me, and I'm not even going to change these practical things. Uh, I want to give him credit on this. If you'll just indulge me for a moment in practicality to give you some things to be sure that you and I, that we are packing in our kids' bags. And here's what this also does, okay? What this does, a representation of this, reminds us that you can't pack all of these things in these bags. You can't do it just in one night or over a week. It takes, what God does is he gives you time, doesn't he? Reggie Joyner would say that time is not your enemy. Make time your ally, that over time is where things are really built. God gives you an opportunity to do things in a process with your kids. And it, and it gives you time with them, so don't blow that. And, and, and he would say it should be your, your ally. And the truth is, when I look back on my own life, I realize God used my mom and dad. God used football coaches for me. God used youth workers. God used children workers. God used pastors. God used teachers. God used all of these different people in my life who were packing my bags, right, with something that I still carry with me today. These things I want to share with you. If you're taking some notes, I urge you to write these down. Here's the deal, uh, right? As I give these to you, I want you just to, you're going to look at them. You're going to go, man, I already know that. Now, here's how I need you to help me because I can be an insecure speaker, okay? All right, I'm going to give you some of these things. You're going to be like, I've already seen these. I already know this, all right? I want to ask you to ask God to give you fresh eyes right now and to really assess how you are packing these things in the bags of your kids, getting them ready when they leave your house. Are you ready? So here's what I need you to do. Whenever I give you the point, it's just going to be one word. Man, I need you to respond, okay? So y'all help me out. Sometimes y'all be a little quiet. It gets me wonder, you know, wondering if you're with me. So are you ready? Help me out, okay? Because if you don't, we're going to do the point again, all right? So here's the thing. These are basic things, but if you do them over time, they're life-changing. You ready for the first one? You ready? Here we go. Number one. What do you need to put in their bags? Number one. You ready? Love. Come on, help me out. Oh, yeah. Go, oh, you can do better. All right. We, they need what? They need love. All right. Help me out, church. They need love. First service. Yeah, bring it. There, there we go. I like that. Old time gospel hour going on. Let's roll. Okay. Need you to respond. All right. I'm a little insecure. I'm afraid some of you, that may have been a little patronizing. I'm just saying. All right. I could tell you were just doing that. Right. But here's the deal. How, those of you who are believers, how do you know that God has loved you? When you start thinking about this, I start thinking about my own life. How do you know that God has loved you? I started thinking about how in my life where I have messed up so many times and I am so flawed and I am so broken, I've made bad choices, I've been disobedient at certain times, and in spite of all of that, do you know what God did? God kept showing up. And he keeps showing up over and over again. He, he won't stop showing up, in fact, in my life, in spite of all the flaws. And how do we grow to understand God's love for us as believers? We go back and we look how over time in our lives that God never quit on us, that he kept showing up. And this is how he showed us that he loved us. Have you ever thought about whenever Adam and Eve sinned, why didn't God just send Jesus immediately and fix it at that moment? But he didn't. It says Later in the New Testament, it says, in the fullness of time that 
Jesus came. Now what happened between that time and when Jesus came was God was building a story over time of his redemptive love. And we wouldn't know how much we are loved if we didn't understand how broken we are. And yet he loves us in spite of our brokenness. Do you know how you love a teenager? And let's face it, sometimes they might be a little hard to love. I was one, I know, right? The same way. Over time, you keep showing up time after time. And here's what Reggie Joyner says. Love over time, this is what you're putting in the bag, equals worth. Love over time equals worth that you're putting in there. You're, you're showing them that they matter. God showed you that you matter, right? How did he show it? Well, Romans chapter 5 tells us this. Verse 8, God showed, he proved, he demonstrated. That's how that translates. His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, he showed up even while we were still sinners. The way you love your kids and you pack this love in their bags is you keep showing up. You keep showing up, even whenever, maybe you don't even feel like they want you to show up. You show up mentally, you put the phone down, you listen to them, you even make them put their phone down so that you can have conversations with them, right? And, and, and you, you show up emotionally, uh, you, you show up physically. I started thinking about whenever I was playing sports and I would do this every time. There, the stands would be full of people. Even I remember this. Every game I would look up. And you know what I would do? Who I would look for first? My mom and dad. And you know what? They showed up. And they were there. And I've never forgotten that today. They put worth in my bags when I left. They, they said he matters to us. You show up, you show up in so many different ways. This is for parents, but I wanna say this is for children's workers. You keep showing up, and I know sometimes it's hard to love them, right? Sometimes they can be disrespectful. If you're a youth worker, you keep showing up. They need you to keep showing up. They need more of you to show up because this church just keeps growing and more and more kids are coming in. Some of you could be such an incredible influencer in the lives of some of these kids if you'd show up. Here's something else that we put in their bags. All right, remember, you're supposed to help me out on every point. Help me out. You ready? What do we put in their bags? Words. Come on, come on. Oh, there we go. All right. That's what I was looking for. All right. Words over time. Words over time is going to matter. Did you know that the average teenager hears one word of affirmation for every seven words of criticism? Reggie Joyner said that you cannot over-affirm a middle schooler. Think back of just that time, and if you have a middle schooler, you know the insecurity that they are battling with, right? Proverbs says there's power in your words. Words matter. Proverbs says the tongue can bring life or death or what? Life. You're packing something in their bags. Is it words of life or is it words of death? The point is, these words are so powerful. Last summer, Hope and I, we went to see a movie. I typically don't go to the movies very often because I'm getting older, all right? And uh, I went to the movies this time, and I actually wanted to go this time, and we went and saw something. Some of you are going to make fun of me. Randy already made fun of me some, all right? I'm just saying. We went and saw a documentary on Mr. Rogers. Anybody see that? 
I wanted to go see this, all right? And again, I know somebody, I'm putting myself out here, all right? So y'all help me out and don't taunt me too much. But here's the thing. I'm watching this show, and I'm getting emotional in the movie theater. And, and you know, and, and I remember as a kid, I thought it was kind of corny or whatever, but this whole show was how Mr. Rogers, his whole point was using the, the medium of television and he did something for a generation, which was my generation, where whose many parents were going through divorces and kids were just kind of lost. And he said that these kids in my generation were just being filled with so much negativity that he felt a mission to be sure that they at least heard something positive in a day. And he did it in some ways. And, and I would feel like he was talking to me. And I'd be like, man, I don't want anybody to know I'm watching Mr. Rogers, you know, especially at 14. All right. And... <laughs> And I'd be watching this, right? And then, I, and then I, I looked around in the movie theater and there were grown people and there were men who were crying in that movie theater. And I wasn't one of them. I'm just going to say something <laughs> might have been in my eye, all right, at one point. I talked to my sister-in-law about this and Hope was emotional too. My sister-in-law told me this. Uh, her mom and dad went through a divorce whenever they were 14. They're twin sisters. And Linda told me this. She said she got really emotional because she said Mr. Rogers was the one place she went during that dark time in their family where she said she felt like Mr. Rogers with his words was what walked her through her mom and dad's divorce. That's what was going on. That's his words. His words were were powerful. He would connect. And this is what words over time does. Words over time, especially coming from moms and dads and other adults who are affirming our kids, they give our kids direction. It gives them direction. We give our kids a sense of direction when we have these conversations, when we're listening to them and not just telling them all of the time something. We're listening to them. And we, we are smart when we are parents, who, when we create safe places for our kids to be able to talk to us about everything and anything that's going on in our lives, right? We need, the, we need as a church, we would be extremely smart as a church to say we need to create safe places where conversations can happen with our kids and with adult workers who love kids. Amen? Right? Where there's spaces for our kids, where kids in this community want to come and be here, and those conversations, like what happened in my life, are happening in the lives of the kids in this community. They need people speaking words and giving direction in their lives. Here's the third thing, okay? Help me out. They need stories. Stories, yeah, right? Okay? Stories. And, and, and here's what I want to say. They definitely need this because this is filled with God's story. And so we need people teaching them stories. You need to be teaching them God's stories, right? And when I say story, here is the, the reason you need to be teaching them is they need to understand this, that these aren't fairy tales. There were real people who were in this book and God put these stories in here with all of the brokenness and all of the flaws and here's the thing that they need to hear. Uh, parents, listen to me. They need to hear your story of what God is doing in your life right now and what he has done. They need stories. You need to be packing these stories. Jesus knew that people listen to stories more than they listen to anything else. So he told lots of stories. 
and you will remember stories. Your kids will remember stories. I love hearing my dad tell stories. I love hearing him tell the things that has happened in his life. I love hearing my mom talk about when she was a kid, right? I love hearing them tell the story. Here I am, 48, about to be 49, and as we went through what we went through this summer, I love hearing them tell the story of what God has done in their lives and how God is anchoring them in this difficult time right now. You know what they're doing? They're still putting stuff in my bag. Direction. That's what these words give direction. Stories over time, this is what they give. They give perspective. They give perspective because here's what's going to happen. If, if you tell your kids these stories and you help us as a church tell your kids these stories and we're telling them together and they're hearing that they're real people, they're going to see that these, this book is filled with people who are broken, who are messed up, and that God doesn't use perfect people. He uses messed up people like us. And he can use you, right? Because there's going to come a point in your child's life where they're going to blow it. They're going to mess up. They're sinners, just like we are sinners. And you know what they need to know? They need to know that, they, that God can redeem even their mess-ups, just like he did David, just like he did Moses, just like he did all of these who are in here. They're going to go through hard times in their life. You know that. They're going to start off their day, and they're going to look like little Lucy did. And then by the end of that, they're going to look, life's going to just give them a wreck by the end of the day. They need to be anchored in something that's going to last. You've got to put stories in the bag. Here's the other thing they need to see. They need to, they need to, you need to put service. Come on. There we go. They need to put service. And here's what I mean by this. Joiner, Reggie Joiner talks about this. He says, he calls it work. I like this, uh, and that's great. Uh, uh, I like this idea of serving, okay? They need to know that they're created with a purpose. They need to begin to understand as we're putting service in their bags, packing their bags, that God made them to serve. God made them to live life that life is not just all about them. They are not the center of the universe that God is right? And, and that God has called them to love other people and to serve other people, not just go through life being a consumer, but, but experiencing life where they're giving away themselves to others and loving other people. They need to see that this faith that we proclaim is real and that a faith that is alive is a faith that is doing something, not just taking in a lot of information, I think one of the problems we're seeing a lot of kids that are walking away from the church as they're getting older, and I'm just going to lay it out there, is I think that they've seen a lot of parents who have said that they believe and they've, they've got a lot of information, but they've not seen that faith actually being put into practice. And how do you live this out? How do you serve other people? So here's one of the greatest things that we can do as a church is to provide opportunities for you to allow and teach your kids that life isn't just about me, it's about we. That it's about others, that, that you can serve others. I love seeing our kids around here serving. I love seeing our kids stepping up. I love seeing our kids going on mission trips. And when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that I learned is I did all kinds of fun and crazy things with my kids. Our youth group grew to be big. But here's the thing that I learned. Where life change happened, no joke, was when I took them on mission trips. Absolutely revolutionized kids' lives. I saw some of the hardest kids that I thought we would never get through. I saw God break their hearts when they went to a third world country and they realized how incredibly blessed they are to live in America. And they came back different. 
And so I just want to say that, that, that coming alongside your kids and showing them what serving looks like, don't tell them to serve, show them how to serve by you doing it. Whether it's in this church or in our community or loving other people, when you are serving, what you are doing over time is you are giving them significance. Because every one of them has been made by God to make a difference in this world. And we tell them they're special and we tell them that they're, that they're created unique, but then we don't ever give them an opportunity to live it out and to use their gifts and their skills. You know what I love? I want to brag on my kids for just a second. I don't make my kids serve in this church. I love that my 23-year-old son, Luke, who grew up in this ministry here, he now serves in the fifth and sixth grade area with Dustin. And you know, he, he doesn't do it because daddy, his preach, preacher daddy told him to do it. I'm so proud of him because he knows the value of loving and serving others and he wants to give. I love seeing my daughter, Trinity, who is so gifted musically. I love seeing her stand over here and using her gifts and playing the guitar for Jesus and singing and leading other people in worship. And I, I, it, it's one of the things that makes me proudest about my kids is that I see that they realize that they were made by God in a unique way to give back. Service over time equals significance. Now this, I got two quick ones, okay? And I'm gonna give them to you quick because we gotta go. This one is not gonna seem spiritual. Some of you may even think, oh my goodness, are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Are you ready? I need your help. What do we need to be packing in their bags? We need to be putting fun. Yeah, we need to have lots of fun with them. We need to be, our homes need to be places where there is a lot of laughter, where there's a lot of fun that is going on, where you're on the floor playing with them. I think back on my childhood, man, I'm so thankful for my mom and dad. They were not perfect, but I will tell you, we had fun in that house, man. We wrestled through the house. My dad and I would be rumbling through the house. My mother would be like, you're breaking things. And we would be laughing so hard. You know what? And I wouldn't trade those moments for anything especially with what I just went through with my dad. And he's still with us. Now I'll try to wrestle him today if he'll let me, you know. But fun, fun over time, here's what it does. It equals connection. Let me say it another way. It equals relationship. And what did I say in the first week? Relationship equals, what are we trying to gain in our kids' lives? Influence, influence. Fun over time equals connection. Not only does this need to be happening in our homes, I'm gonna make a statement here that I want everyone in this church to hear and understand. It needs to be happening in our churches. Where our churches, yes, we are teaching the word of God every single week and as much as we can, but do you know how to get through to kids and to teenagers? You first have to connect. Because we can give them these lessons, but if we've not connected with them in some kind of way, a lot of times they don't want to come back. So you got to have fun. And so we try to do these fun things and fun over time equals relationship. Jamie, our youth pastor, knows this. Dustin, our children's minister, knows this. Here's, here's these guys, right? These are facilitators of fun. Yes, they are pastors in our church. Have you also noticed that we keep hiring guys that look like ZZ Top? Have you noticed that? I've noticed that, okay? I don't know what's going on with that, but we keep doing that. Danny, too, I could put him up there. We keep hiring that. That's actually them. I had Kyle morph them into ZZ Top, but it's true, right? 
right? But go back to their picture, okay? They, they know this, that yes, a lesson is powerful, but you know what they also know? Spending some time having fun is worth like 20 weeks with your kid on a Sunday morning because they've made a connection and now they might be able to really bring some life into some areas where maybe, maybe your kids just might not listen to you. But they might listen to someone else just like God did with me, right? What are they doing? What are, what are we trying to do? We're building bridges, right? We're building bridges. I want you to know, as lead pastor here, Pastor Randy is our executive pastor. We shared with our elder team that God's burdening our heart that we must continue to be intentional in going after young families and kids and teenagers in this area that is just saturated with all of that. That we must, because here is what is gonna happen if we don't. We're gonna get old. Because do you realize this church is getting older as I'm getting older? That's how it typically goes. Most churches are kind of the age of their pastors a lot of times, and they age with their pastor, unless you've got a pastor and a leadership team that says we're gonna be intentional in going after young people and going after this. Now, here's the thing that some of you who are older may be inclined to think, well, what, what, what is that gonna do for me or whatever? How can I get involved? I just got through saying just a second ago that you matter. You matter to God. You matter in a lot of ways. You matter. We need you to show up. We need you to support the vision. We need you to get involved. And I'm going to say this, okay? And we as a church need your money to be able to build places where kids want to hang out because it costs money. Okay, And when you invest in something that's changing the lives of our future, sometimes all we want to do is complain and gripe about this generation coming up. You have a chance to do something about the generation coming up. Invest in them. Serve. Give. Believe in a vision that says we want to reach young people. And here's the deal. We need you. If you're older, God's not done with you. Maybe that's how you help pack their bags and show them that they matter. All right, here's your last thing, okay? Your last thing to put in their bags, and there's many more things to put in their bag, but here's what it is. They need tribes. They need tribes, and what Joiner means by tribes is, is this, is that a tribe to belong to. Everybody wants to belong. And kids especially need to feel like they belong, right? And we want to create places where they feel like they belong. We want to create a group of people that makes people feel accepted, like they belong. Because tribes over time equals belonging. Over time, they need others in, in their lives. They need other people to speak into their lives along with you. This is something, and I'll say this and I'll quit, Okay. I started realizing this, okay? My, Luke had Kyle as, as a youth pastor, and Luke loves Kyle, still loves Kyle. And Luke would always be like, Kyle said this or whatever, you know? And I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, great. Great for Kyle. You know, that's kind of how I was, all right? I'm being honest with you. And I had this kind of attitude a little bit. Like, I, I, I say that to you. What are you talking about, right? But it was the same stuff that I've been saying to Luke, and the Trinity loves Jamie now. She's like, I love Jamie. He's awesome. Jamie said this on Wednesday night because I'll be like, hey, what do they talk about? You know, Jamie said this. And I'm like, yeah, great for Jamie. Okay. And that's, I'm doing the same thing. And then it dawned on me 
They're undergirding, even as a pastor in my kids' lives, they're undergirding the things I've been teaching. And I realized instead of like being like, I don't want them to speak in that, I want, because I realized that I've been telling, I, I thought, you know what? I've been telling y'all these things for 18 years. But they weren't hearing it from me. They finally heard it from either Kyle or Jamie or Danny or Randy or one of these, or Dustin or whoever, you know, Kendra, our staff, they're hearing things or some of the workers that they're with. And then I decided, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to get upset about that. I'm going to leverage this. We need to leverage it, don't we, right? And be like, are you kidding me? Kyle said that? Man, Kyle is so smart. He's amazing. I can't, Jamie said that? I can't believe Jamie said that. Wow. Jamie said that. And then I walk off and be like, suckers. They they bought it, you know, they got it. They're actually getting it. That's what tribes do. I, I want, I want the best of the best in our church invested in our kids. Which means that some of you are going to need to step up. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in this vision. I want to invite you to pray, okay? We got to go. I want you today, this is, a, this is a message God gave me this week to give to you. So I want you today just to, to realize that this clock is ticking down. This clock is ticking down and you only have so much time. Are you making the most? Now, don't beat yourself up today. If you blew it yesterday, here's here's the thing. God's grace is amazing. It covers us. And here's what you get to do. You get to put that behind you. You get to learn from your mistakes. And God's going to redeem that. And now God is going to say to you, I want to use you right now going forward. I want to use you to put these things that are so valuable in the lives of your kids. To pack the bags of your kids. Where do you need to focus on if you still have kids at home? Maybe it's love for you. Maybe your kids have just been so challenging. Maybe you have one that's wayward right now. Maybe you just don't even know how to love them. Just, just think on how God loves you, how he keeps showing up. I'm going to talk more about that next week. Maybe your kid is a kid that just is just getting beat up by the world. And the greatest thing you could do is give them some words of affirmation packing those bags full with, of good words. Maybe it's just the stories God has gotten a hold of your heart. Maybe your kids, they need to hear your story of how God changed your life. Maybe you would say, I haven't experienced that. Well, then he's trying to get your attention and he wants to give you a story so you can give your story to your kid. Maybe it's just that God would lead you to lead them to serve. Maybe it's that God, the most spiritual thing you could do is to schedule something fun with them. Maybe it's just to continue to encourage them to be a part of a tribe. And you know, every week we come together, you're saying to them, this is a community of faith, a tribe that I believe that God is working in. Your consistency in bringing them and showing up, it matters. Live this life as a parent with no regrets. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you have shown us these things today. Father, would you help us to be responsive to your word, the word that Moses and David and Paul and James so emphasized. Don't waste this precious time. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Jamie?
or should I say Zizi? Come on.
Gonna be alright. Everything's gonna be alright.